Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome to another episode of podcast on fifth Ave. feels like we're kind of entering the the dark days of the off season because there's really just not a lot going on we were just discussing what to discuss and we're we're kind of at a loss but we're looking ahead to next season a little bit and taylor mentioned that something that people have been asking her is prospects who's going to be ready next season who do we think could potentially make that jump from the AHL minors to uh, the professional level. So Taylor, give us some information. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, you know, something a lot of people care about because they're going to be in a cap crunch. So the, the salary cap is only going up 1 million. You know, Jack Johnson's uh, buyout accounts for most of that. Um, you know, car, guys are getting raises. We still don't know what's happening with Malkin and the tanks contract. So it would it would be really helpful if guys could come up on you know either those entry level deals or cheaper you know near league mm-hmm. minimum deals and fill in some spots because um, you figure they're probably going to have some at least bottom six forward spots open. I can't mm-hmm. imagine Brian Boyle is going to be back at thirty seven coming off of knee surgery. Yeah. Some of the other guys might price themselves out of Pittsburgh, maybe high in capital. So there's going to be spots open. Um, I feel like Drew O'Connor's a given, right? Yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, he's he's so ready. I mm-hmm. mean, he he played. I mean, about a quarter of the season last year, uh, he had the collapsed lung, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that kept him out a, around a month. And then, you know, when he came back, he still was not a hundred percent. So he did have to go to back down to Wilkes Barre, and um, and then by the time he was like really, you know, back to a hundred percent, he um, his contract structure really prevented him from coming up. He had potential mm-hmm. bonuses in his contract and the penguins are using LTIR space. You can't use your LTIR space. Um, it's a whole thing. So anyway, his yeah. con- <laughs> it's boring, but his, his contract structure prevented him from coming back up. And then a big thing with him also, Mike Sullivan, you know, if, if you're going to be a forward playing in the bottom six, Mike Sullivan wants you to be able to kill penalties. That's important mm-hmm. just for, you know, distribution of uh, ice time, you know, so you're not right. overtaxing other guys. And Drew O'Connor, he had he had killed penalties in in college um, in Dartmouth, but I mean, he went from right Dartmouth right to the NHL, so he he wasn't killing penalties at the NHL level. That's not the best time to learn how to kill penalties. So yeah, that was one of the things Sullivan said they wanted him to work on when he was down in Wilkes-Barre, and you know, he he made great strides with that. Um, you know, his reach, he he has a really long reach. Um, something JD Forrest said was, you know, he's like deceptively fast you, you don't expect him to be as fast as it is and it really benefits them so he made and you know when he did come back up at the end of the season he did 
talk about, you know, the growth he thought he made on the penalty kill. So, mm. I mean, that was really the only thing that um, he was missing to, to be able to fill a bottom six role. Um, right. So now that I think he has that, I mean, it, it's a no brainer. And he makes, I think just about, I think league minimum next year, you know, his, his, um, he signed a new deal and it's league minimum. There's okay. no reason why he should not be a full time next year. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like he he really did look super solid in in the games that he played and with all the injuries and and inconsistency going back and and forth, it that just that didn't help him, but he was a really exciting player to watch when he was playing with the team and he he meshed really well on those bottom lines. He just he looked like he had a good grasp of the game. His his IQ is very high. And he's quick. He's really quick. And that's something that they needed in the bottom six. And they didn't quite have consistently, which will hopefully, if he can make that jump, be really nice to see. Another another forward who is kind of right, maybe in that same boat as Redeem Zahorna. I mean, a guy who, mm-hmm. again, he played about a quarter of the season. Um, the thing with him is... You know, he mentioned it a couple of times. Sullivan mentioned it a couple of times when it comes to, you know, what they want to see uh, growth from him is um, his conditioning and his ability mm-hmm. to, he can play with pace, but the ability to maintain that pace is something they really wanted to see from him. And so, I mean, just that alone, a, a full off season in the gym, good for him. But then I, I think that'll help him if conditioning is the oh. issue. But then you look back to last season, um, you know, when he was in training camp and the preseason, he, he did keep mentioning that, you know, he didn't, he didn't feel well, like he felt sick. Mm. Um, he did miss a couple of games, a couple of days in training camp for an illness. It wasn't COVID. Um, and then I talked to him about a month into the season and he said, like in Wilkes-Barre, and he said, you know, he still was not feeling right. And they, they didn't know what the illness mm. was, but it was something that zapped his conditioning. So, you know, conditioning, playing with pace over a period of time was an issue, but you look what he went through in the beginning of the season and how, you know, he was really behind the eight ball from the start. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's, you know, obviously the bigger guys, you know, the conditioning, it's more of a challenge for them, but he also is dealing with something completely different that he's going to be, you know, well past when he comes in next year. So Zahorna, right. that was really the only uh, thing for him. He'll, he's not, um, he also doesn't really have the ability to kill penalties. So that's something that, um, I guess maybe he goes on to Wilkes-Barre, works on, and then comes back up um, like Drew O'Connor. But um, he's right. He's right there. Would you say? Yeah, absolutely agree. I the thing that I love the most about him is his total. I, I don't know. He's just so committed to the game. Like he's he's very aggressive, and he just inserts himself in situations, and he fights for the puck, and he's always in front of the net, and that is a huge thing that the pens need moving forward. And it feels like they kind of haven't had that really aggressive net front net front presence since like Patrick Hornquist. Like he was always, always crowding the net and, you know, screening and fighting to just get the puck in there. And I think that that's kind of a, a quality that Zahorna has that, the pens could really, really benefit from. And hopefully if he can get that, uh, the penalty kill skills kind of upped a little bit, we can see him come in because good things happened when he was on the ice and he was fun to watch. 
Yeah, another another forward who I think um, is right there, you know, probably the closest one is Valtteri Pustinen. I mean, he did have mm-hmm. that one game. Um, we really didn't see much of him. When he got sent down, it really wasn't an indication of his performance. I mean, you look back to that game he did get in um, for his debut against Vegas. That was – so, he. I mean, he's a right-handed shot. He plays a right wing. That was the game where they healthy scratched uh, Kapanen for the first time. So that mm. is how he got in. But in that same game, Brock McGinn got injured. So they needed a left wing. Um, so that's why Zahorna came back up. Pustinen went down and then Kapanen got back into the lineup just to have that handedness because Pustinen yeah. hadn't played on the left side in North America at all. So that was that was really it. It wasn't that, you know, the Penguins didn't like what they saw from him. But, I mean, you go back to, you know, the beginning of the season – I think a lot of times with like the the guys coming from the European leagues, especially maybe smaller ones, you wonder how they're going to handle the adjustment to the North American ice, um, mm-hmm. the defensive game. If that's not something that was really a big part of their game in 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 Finland, um, but I mean Valtteri Pustinen came in and that was never an issue. Like even from the beginning, um, he just fit in so so well. And I mean JD Forrest and Wilkesbury, he's he's a coach. You know he will hold players accountable if they're making repeated mm-hmm. you know mistakes. You know poor judgment with the puck or um they're not you know they're a liability defensively I mean we saw like pool and healthy scratch we saw Lager a healthy scratch a bunch um that never happened with Pustin and he was on the top line hmm. top power play the whole season because he earned it um and I, I asked JD a couple times you know about his uh defensive game and he was like he I think he was like not sure why I was asking he's like I don't I don't know if he had like a rap for that but I you know we haven't seen that here um, you know, and he said, you know, he's not afraid to put Pustin in out there in any situation. Um, mm. you know, he's a guy, yeah, he's, he's not going to be, he was never an issue defensively. Um, so he's a guy that's reliable. Um, his English even got better <laughs> for the course of the season when he came to training camp, he really couldn't speak a word of English. Um, when he did come up from, for his de- debut, um, because in, pre- in the preseason, they're using defenseman Nicholas Almari as like a translator. So when he came mm. up for his debut, I asked Sullivan, you know, like, was Kapanen filling in as a translator? And Sullivan's like, actually, no. Like, his English, you know, greatly improved. And um, and uh, Pustinen, he also came into training camp uh, a little chubby. Um, his nickname in okay. Finland was Phil Kessel for a reason. <laughs> you know, physically similar. <laughs> that, was, oh. that was one of the things he Shucks. told me. But um, he really did slim down over the course of the season, just getting on, like, the right nutrition cool. workout plan and all that. And um, Sullivan said, you know, that, you know, cutting down his body fat really helped his ability to play with pace. Mm. So Pustinen you know, he, he's right there. I don't know if I'd want him in a, in a bottom six role full time. He's, he's really okay. not that kind of a player. I mean, he's not an issue defensively, but I mean, he, he's, he's an offensive guy. Um, yeah. Of the guys to come out of Wilkes-Barre, he's like the closest thing they've had to Jake Gensel since Jake Ooh. Gensel. So um, I don't know if there's like a top six spot, right? Would you like to see Boost and get a shot? Yeah, maybe. Why not? Because you just don't even know, like looking at the potential lineup next year, uh, who's going to be there? So there might be there might be an opening, and if if we can potentially slide a guy in there who can have similar production and style of play to Jake Gensel, why would you not want that in your top six? Yeah, and then the the only defenseman, honestly, that's worth mentioning, um, who's honestly the, the uh, most of the defensemen down there are guys that like I wouldn't even pencil in as like a, maybe they come up and get a couple of games. It's like <laughs> the young guys down there are, are you know kind of so far off right now. Like Kim Lee, Will Riley, they were healthy scratch, you know, mm-hmm. off and on throughout the season. 
Um, Pio Joseph is really the only the only guy. I mean, Yusuf Rikola, for the people that don't know, he signed in Sweden next year. He was going to be a free agent this summer for the Penguins. Didn't even wait around to test NHL free agency. He signed in Sweden. He's going to be, you know, the top defenseman over there. So he's out. Pio Joseph, he's the only uh, defense prospect left. I mean, so if they resign Latang, they they do have seven defensemen on the NHL roster with Mark Friedman. Um, But if you want to shed salary cap space by moving out like a Marcus Pedersen, maybe Brian Dumoulin mm-hmm. on the left side. Um, Pio Joseph could be a guy that comes in and, and gets into the lineup um, for cheap. He's he is in, uh, he's a free agent. Um, he's restricted. I, I mean, I can't imagine they don't bring him back, but he's, oh. he's going to be cheap. Um, he can fill in. That's one way to save a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he made great strides this year. Um, he, he seemed a whole lot more physical. Um, mm. I, I, I did ask JD about that, and he said it's not, you know, maybe Pio is playing more physical, but a big part of it is that Pio is also just a lot stronger, so we're noticing the big hits a lot more because he is laying out guys with big, you know, open ice hits. You know. So, it's yeah, it's just more noticeable that he is stronger. He's still, <laughs> you know, a slimmer guy. Um, but, you know, something both the, the coaching staff and Pio have talked about before is that even though the his weight might not necessarily be going up that much, his strength for sure is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, his rookie year, um, throughout the course of his rookie year, you know, they do the fitness testing um, at training camp and then mid-season too. And from, you know, that time, he didn't put on any, any weight, but like Mike Vellucci told me that, you know, his leg strength uh, like more than doubled. So, Shoot. yeah, cool. so it's something where, you know, you might look at him and think he's not putting in the work in the weight room, but he absolutely is. And so, I mean, that's really the only real concern I'd have with him. Yeah. But, again, another summer in the weight room. He, he continues to get stronger every year, even if it might not show um, looking at him, like, physically. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, like, the only defenseman who is even in conversation. Right. He He has so much natural ability, though. When he was playing with the Penguins on the professional level, he – there was something about him that he, he he's just really good at the game. And it the only issue was his inability to kind of be physical. He he really didn't show that a lot. And so now that he is working on that, he's he's in the weight room, he's improving. That's that's exciting. And honestly, the fact that there are any prospects that we can talk about in a way that is talking about them coming to the professional level that that just seems like a big deal because for so long people have been saying it's dead it's there's nobody in the farm system like it's just it's empty they're they've traded away all of their prospects and picks for winning now and that's i mean it's probably not as loaded as other teams but at the same time there are guys that are making those steps that are getting close to, to coming to, to join the, the NHL. So that, that's exciting. And that's good because even a guy yeah, like, they're trying, yeah. like, like Sam Poulin, who you mm-hmm. know, he came in, he had a really rough, you know, first half of his rookie season and people are, you know, I think writing him off as a bust, um, you know, like his decisions with the pocket, you know, in question and that, but even he, like he turned it around. Um, he did a complete mm. 180, you know, one, three things kind of happened at the same time that went into it you know he got healthy scratched and then he quickly got the message they moved him to center which um he had played center in juniors but doing it at the pro level was more about 
you know, because centers just touch the puck more. So they're trying to speed up the decision-making, like, learning process. You know, if he's going to touch the puck more, that's just more practice with the decisions. Yeah. And then he, um, they brought in uh, Alex Nylander around that same time. And he and Nylander yeah. and Poulin were on the line. They had, like, really great chemistry, like, right off the the bat. I mean, their dads are teammates in Hartford. So I don't know if it's just a genetic thing that um, Poulin and Nylander were – we're great together but I mean even him I wouldn't because you know he did have a rough first half and really only turned it on the second half I wouldn't pencil him and you know like coming out of training camp he's gonna get a spot but even him you know he turned it around he could be he's a guy who could be you know maybe mid-season you know getting the shot um yeah yeah so the pool isn't maybe I mean it's definitely one of the weaker pools in the league but it's not as barren as it maybe looked um yeah a couple months ago that's exciting yep love it uh why don't we take a quick break we'll be right back back we're recording this on tuesday a day early but the conference finals will be starting tonight and then going into tomorrow and i don't think that these matchups are what i personally expected but they're going to be entertaining nonetheless we have colorado and edmonton in the west and then we have tampa and new york in the east and i think that Honestly, the fact that New York beat Carolina was a huge surprise. I I don't think I saw I didn't see that coming. Um, I'm not sure if you anticipated that, but that was a crazy series. Also going seven games. Yeah, I mean, just the um, game seven was in Carolina, and Ca- Carolina was two different mm-hmm. teams at home and on the road. So, given that you know game seven was in Carolina, it's like okay, so they're gonna win here, but. Um, I mean, goaltending was was a thing for them. Freddie Anderson got hurt, and then Ronta had to come in. Ronta got hurt in Game Seven. They were already down three nothing. Um, I don't even know who their their third goalie it was. Like a twenty two year old Russian kid. It felt bad for him, <laughs> um, but getting thrown in Game Seven when they're already down three goals. But um, I I don't know. I think um, no, it was surprising that they won Game Seven. I think, but. The, the the Rangers they they really do look like a much better team than the one that uh beat the Penguins, um especially yeah. Shusterkin Shusterkin is looking much more like his older self um not that the Shusterkin was maybe like a little rattled um in those games against the Penguins but mm-hmm. I mean this goaltending matchup we're getting in the Eastern series right like Vasilevsky and Shusterkin and I I think you know insane. Tampa, we talked about this last week that like I think people are like writing them off as like a you know a legitimate cup pick just because you're like oh there's no way they can do it three times but it's like they might do it three times. Vasilevsky's playing unreal. Um, mm-hmm. They swept Florida. Um, I mean yep. <laughs> the the battle of Florida was was dead just because it wasn't exciting at all. <laughs> like, so I mean yeah I think that's that's gonna be a really fun series. Um, I don't know who my yeah. who my pick is. I, I I'm gonna go with Tampa. I I just. I, yeah. I think um, I, I'd, I'd give Vasilevsky the edge over over Shusterkin, mm-hmm. um, but I, that's gonna be really fun series. It's gonna be so fun, and I think that Tampa probably will pull it out. I, I don't. I don't want to say that for certain because I thought that Carolina was gonna mop the, the ice with the Rangers, and they didn't. But it just seems like Vasilevsky is playing consistently better than Shusterkin. And Tampa's 
star players are whew, way, way beyond what the Rangers have. Not that the Rangers aren't talented, but they're young, they're inexperienced, and they just aren't as well-rounded as the Lightning. But I thought that about the Hurricanes, and um, that didn't work out because the Rangers got physical and they beat them in that in that regard. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in that series because it does feel like it could, it really could go either way. I I have no idea what's going to happen, but it's going to come down to whoever has a better goalie, and, uh, which no surprise there. I'll but say Tampa. I just have, I just have a feeling Vasilevsky. I'll say Tampa in six. Yeah. You want to put a, okay. put a number on okay. it? <laughs> I, th- I think this is going to go seven games. Yeah, because the Rangers can just find a way to force seven games. So I think it's going to go down to the wire, but I think Tampa's going to wild win. card here is uh, how many guys on Tampa get injured by Jacob Truba. Yup. That's the thing. How, how crazy his elbow. Yeah. Gets. I don't know how much more we can talk about this. You know, we went into it at length, you know, but last, last week, but I mean, his hit on Domi looks a whole lot like his one on Crosby, which looked like a lot like the one on Cairo, which looked a lot like the one on McKinnon. Um, he's not getting called for these things, um, because they are borderline, um, you know, where he just gets that elbow up, you know, just maybe a little bit too much head contact, but it's such a gray area. He's not going to be called for in the playoffs. Um, guys keep getting hurt from it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So I I would expect to see more of the same from him against Tampa. So, yep. Yep. It's not going to change because he's not getting in trouble. Nothing's happening. It's just his disciplinary history. I mean, we went over it when you know this happened to Crosby. His his history is is the actual history that he's been you know punished for. It hasn't been much. He had like one headshot mm-hmm. like you know a long time ago when he was in Winnipeg that he got suspended for, um, and then like I think it was a fine for like a like a slash. Um, but other than that, there's so many videos of this guy giving hits like this and like guys getting hurt and you know like okay maybe that should have been a penalty a fine but like nothing's happening. So yeah, of course he's gonna keep doing it. So. Yep. Yeah. Why not? Especially if it's helping shift momentum in favor of the Rangers. Why not? Why not try it? I don't know. <laughs> Infuriating. But yeah, so we have that in the East. And then we have, holy hell, we have Colorado and Edmonton, which all eyes are going to be on McKinnon and McDavid in that series. That's going to be just totally bonkers. Yeah. I'm, I can't, I still can't believe this Oilers team made it to the conference finals. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. I can because like McDavid, and dry saddle are like doing it kind of almost single-handedly yeah. i mean yeah. um, <laughs> but i mean like Double-handedly. mike smith is their goalie uh-huh. mike smith like we've seen yeah. how many like oh my god how did that go in like goals from him already mm-hmm. so yeah i i'm gonna have to go with the abs on this i think you know mcdavid um i'll say mcdavid stretches it to seven games and makes it interesting but i i just can't see the oilers getting getting out of this round with um you know like the supporting cast they have other obviously mcdavid drives but like the rest of the evander kane's having you know a good playoffs but the rest of the supporting cast including like the goalie (laughs) you know i don't yeah i don't see how they make it out of this round against the abs definitely not yeah, the Avs just have a special feel about them this year, which I, I'm pretty bad at predicting things because I felt that way about them last year and they didn't do very well. But they look 
really determined this year. And overall, as a team, they're just way deeper and better than the Oilers. And yeah, who? So who's in goal for them? Um, honestly, I, I'm not sure. Who is it now? Yeah, I, I feel like every I, team I, in the I, yep. playoffs has used like three goalies. Yeah, it's been all over the place. Um, really, that's what I want to know. But neither one of these goalies are like top tier. It's not like what we're seeing in the Eastern Conference. This Western Conference final is going to be like battle of the very moderately okay goalies. Jack Johnson. I uh, excited oh, to Jack see Jack Johnson, Johnson make it to the. Well, I mean, he's not. He's not in the lineup every night. Um, he shouldn't. He's. Be. <laughs> he didn't he have a breakaway goal in the season opener? Do you remember that? I think so. Yeah, because it was something that we talked about over here in Pittsburgh for a while. I, he had a breakaway goal. I'm pretty sure in the season opener when that happened, I was like, all right, maybe this is a different Jack Johnson <laughs> this year. I mean, he he is having like a much better. Um, year in in Colorado overall than he did in Pittsburgh although yeah. the bar was very low but I mean I mean you just look at like what his playoff series against the Islanders when he was here do you remember do you remember what he got he got called for a penalty uh put the Penguins on the PK and then he steps out of the box and I don't think he was out of the box for like two seconds and he immediately he, he does the same thing again as to go back in the box and that was like one of the last yeah. things we saw of Jack Johnson and that's uh I was kind of I don't know. I wouldn't say the painful. Jack Johnson experience in Pittsburgh because you know penalty. <laughs> it it's not like penalties were. Yeah, he was just not uh, doing them any favors in Pittsburgh. But he's a good guy. Good to see that you know yeah. he's in a better situation in Colorado. But I just think it's funny that I don't know Crosby is out in the first round. Bing is out in the first round. Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson's. Pro- I'll say probably go- going to the the Cup final. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I mean I'm I'm definitely saying Avs. I'll say, did I say again? Oh yeah, I said seven. Right? Seven. I think McDavid yep. stretches this in seven. He's gonna do something stupid, like stupid good, and like yeah, put the team on his back. But I I don't think, um, yeah, I don't I don't think the Oilers come out of this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, take it with a grain of salt, but I think the Avs are gonna win it in five. I think Edmonton will win one game. They might win tonight. But again, we've already established how bad I am at guessing things. So it's probably not going to happen. It's probably going to go to seven. Um, but it's going to be an exciting couple series to watch. Hopefully we get, um, I don't know. I, I feel like the series between the Rangers and the Canes was a bit disappointing. So hopefully... This is just better hockey all around. I think just nothing in that last round stood up to the battle of Alberta. Like by comparison, yeah. it's like every other round just like was so boring compared to the battle of Alberta. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, but definitely uh, the both both interesting series. Both uh, have mm-hmm. an interesting the goaltending matchup in the East, and then you know two of the best players in the world going up against each other uh, out west. So it's gonna be, gonna be fun. So fun. Yeah. Why don't we take one more break? We'll be right back. And we're back. There was one other incident that we wanted to touch on because it was a series long back and forth, all centering around Jordan Bennington. 
who is kind of just terrible. I'm not, no, I'm not a fan. I don't know anybody who really is, but he spoke today on Tuesday about the, this incident with a water bottle and Nazem Kadri in the, um, in the Western, what was it? The second round? Yeah. Yeah. Second last- round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just, uh, he decided that he was going to toss a water bottle at Kadri and it, that was kind of where it was left when it happened, but he expounded on that on Tuesday when he was asked and it was, his explanation was something else. Yeah. I mean, so for people that don't know, it was, it was a post-game interview Kadri was doing. So this was after Kadri, um, Bennington had left that game. Kadri ran into me, got hurt. We talked about the, the specific incident, I think last week uh, on the show that it, I don't know, Cottery was trying to score. I don't think any of us thought that Cottery was like trying to injure Bennington yeah. on that, on that play. Um, but anyway, Bennington left the game. He didn't come back. Cottery is doing a post game interview with TN, TNT. Um, and uh, he, there's like an awkward pause. And then he's like, uh, he's like, Jordan Bennington, should throw a water bottle at me? Like he wasn't on the screen when, when the bottle was thrown. So we didn't see it. Um, like highlights are playing over, but um yeah, but then because Bennington was hurt, he didn't speak since then. So the Blues had their clean out day on Tuesday, and of course he was asked about the water bottle. And and I'm, I'll just read uh, the quote. <laughs> um, he said, "I went to get my knee checked out mid-game. I was coming back to the rink, and the game just ended. Walking down the hallway, I couldn't find a recycling bin on my way down the hallway." Um, right before I walk into the locker room, I see him kind of doing an inter- interview there, smiling, laughing, and I'm there in a knee brace limping down the hallway. I just felt like it was a God-given opportunity. I could just stay silent and go in the room, or I could say something and just have him look me in the eye and understand what's going on. Something, something to think about. Yeah, I just threw the water bottle, an empty water bottle. It landed like two feet from him. It is what it is there. I mean... It is what it is. It's hockey. It's a competitive game. So that's it. I just... And watching watching it happen, watching him talk about it, he just seems like a middle school boy who is so proud of standing up to who he thinks is bullying him. It just the the props that he seems to be giving himself for that, unwarranted and absurd and so annoying. I. I oh god i just it's unreal it's unreal i can't get past the phrase a god given opportunity <laughs> god really what? wanted him to throw this water bottle and now some god i mean he was right there and like he was just so dramatic like he's like i'm i'm limping down the way my ears and cottery's there smiling and so he just had to do it like he couldn't just say, I don't know, like he's, he's being immature, and but he had to like make it into a thing. Like I'm trying to make a statement, make it, make him think about what he did. Just shut up, like what? No, that's not that's not what that was. You got pissed and you overreacted, and now you're trying to play it off like it was this calculated thing. Yeah, no, yeah, no. and I mean, but Kadri on the on the broadcast, he he laughed about it, and then like what he. He went up the next game and scored a hat trick. So it's okay. Jordan yep. really showed him by throwing the water bottle. <laughs> he got the message. He's sorry. No, like he didn't mean to do it. I I don't Mm-mm. think it was something that was done intentionally. He was trying to score in that moment. And it's like when you slow anything down like that, it, I think it makes anything look worse. But I mean, he, it's like a millisecond he's working with. He's he's not. He's trying to score. He's not trying to hurt Jordan Bennington. But 
Um, I just, I feel like we've talked about it. Like, do you remember, was it last season where the NHL was running those like Facebook ads? It was like no soap operas, just hockey, which were like bizarre on their own. But then I feel like ever since then, we've only had soap operas. Yeah, the fact that it is like exclusively a soap opera, um, that there's always some kind of theatrical thing that's happening or occurring or t- being talked about. Yeah. And everything is elevated as if Kadri was standing there smiling about the fact that he hurt Jordan Bennington mid-game and was just so pleased with himself. Like, it's it's hockey. Guys, calm down. I, I mean, it's it's I, it's super interesting. I'm not going to say, like, something is, like, bad for the game, bad for the league, because everyone's talking about it. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure the next time the Avs and the Blues play each other next season – Everyone's going to tune into that game um, to see Cotter and Bennington. But yep. <laughs> like something is just so stupid and it's funny. Like it's <laughs> these are grown men and Bennington's yeah. like, I did a water bottle with you smile and like, <laughs> meet her and Owie. Like, get together. <laughs> oh my God. How preschool is that? Seriously. But this oh. is like Bennington. And Bennington has a lot of moments like this where, like, he's a guy who's going to break his stick a lot. Um, do you remember there was a game this season where he, I think he thought he got interfered with. Either way, he was very overdramatic about, like, disagreeing with, with um, he was arguing with the ref and all. So, and kind of, it, it was a goal that um, I think it would have put the, the Blues ahead. Um, over the Penguins, but mm-hmm. um, so because Bennington's making a big show about this, it kind of like made the Blues coaches like challenge the goal because like otherwise you're like you know showing up your goalie. Um, I do remember that. Yeah, well, but then so it wasn't goalie interference, uh, mm-hmm. and the goal. Um, oh no! So yeah, the Penguins, the Penguins goal got called back, and mm-hmm. I mean the Penguins goal stood. The Penguins goal stood. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But anyway, so but be- yeah. because so then the game was tied. And then because, um, you know, they got the challenge wrong, the Penguins got a power play. They scored on the power play, mm-hmm. won the game. So, because you know, it was so close, you know, towards the end of the third period that, um, anyway, but Bennington, do you remember when Lundquist pushed the net over and Flurry was like, that's baby stuff? Like, can, yep. can we get Flurry's take on just Jordan Bennington? <laughs> Flurry's, yeah. I feel like, I don't know, Flurry, um, but I think more mellow now. I don't think he's going to call out of the goalies like that. But he, <laughs> but still, he probably has thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he would call this baby stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. God, throwing things at... As an, as an adult, throwing something at another adult or anybody. What's... Uh, I don't know. It's just confusing, but I don't I don't like the guy. And nobody likes the guy. Um, no, he also in that next game when he was uh hurt, he Bennington has like a lot of like tweets, like former offensive like tweets like about like Muslims, um women. I mean, honestly, it's like he left no like box unchecked. He's going after anyone. <laughs> um, a lot of like offensive stuff. Like the 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 the, the one what I mean it was I think he had a couple on women, but like the one that I would see people like bring up on the timeline was a lot was like he had tweeted like if you have your period be quiet like it just I don't he was like younger when he sent these but like old enough to like not be this stupid um yeah but it was like I guess 
you know, in that next game and Cotter was like, you know, scoring these goals, people were sharing a lot of like those old tweets from Bennington and Bennington deleted those tweets like mid game. So it's like Cotter's down there scoring the hat trick. Bennington's up in the press box and deleting all of his tweets about like Muslims, women, all kinds of people. So Oh yikes, dude. What a guy. What a guy. Glad he's not our goalie, that's for sure. Whatever goalie controversy we have is at least all based on the ice. Lord. Oh, God. But it's at least entertaining. We get to watch it from far away and enjoy the, the soap opera of it. Yeah. No soap operas, just hockey. Just, and, but also soap operas. Mostly soap operas. Thrown in. Mostly soap operas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in for another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. We drop new episodes every Thursday. So make sure you're subscribed, whether it's where you listen to podcasts or it's on YouTube so you never miss an episode. We will see you next week for another drop.